You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 188 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we discuss an article on original homeland of modern horses. The critter of the show is the tail hawk. In critter nutrition, we focus on collagen for dogs. And in Coffee Clatch, we ask, what costume would your horse or dog or cat pick for Halloween? Join us. Tigger. And I'm Patty. And I'm Coach Jen. Thanks for joining us here on Healthy Critters Radio. We're here twice a month to chit chat about all things critter and healthy. And <laughs> this is the part of the show where we catch up on what everybody's been up to. And we have a little chit chat. And as usual, you guessed it, Tigger and Patty were unprepared. So I get to choose the topic that we chit chat about. <laughs> I think it's, I think they secretly Ta-da. enjoy this. Yeah. I think they secretly yeah. enjoy this. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> so my, my quiz question for today is, and we're going to start with Tigger. Okay. What, what is the one indispensable tool or item in your barn that you can't live without that isn't really made? For using in a barn. Oh. You tripped me up there. Uh, <laughs> you said you like this part. <laughs> I would say duct tape. Okay. A standard, but yeah. that is absolutely true. Duct tape is not made for mm-hmm. barn use in any way, shape, or form. Now, are you a get the cheapest silver tape you can find, or do you like brand name duct tape? Uh, I didn't even know there was brand duct tape. I I buy it by the by the pound, by the <laughs> volume. Get the six pack. You know, does Amazon have a sale on it? Yeah, yeah. I'm buying it. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. And just I I went and visited my best buddy and pal Helena, who does the Stall and Stable podcast, and I spend a little time up at her new farm in Aiken. And we were just, we're just getting things ready for them to bring the horses down for the winter. So we were taking care of some things in the barn and it was amazing what we were using duct tape for. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's indispensable. It is indispensable, especially if you have a barn that was originally designed for small livestock. We think probably goats that has to be retrofitted in a hurry on the cheap for horses. Oh, yikes. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. We had a great time doing it and we used a lot of silver duct tape. (laughs) <laughs> okay, Patty, what about you? I would say, and I was on the same thing as, as Tigger, I was thinking, what is my favorite tool? I'm thinking grooming tool or whatever. But I would say um, the metal um, magnet that picks up nails. <gasps> oh. oh, yeah, those are cool. Now, yeah. now, do you use it when the farrier's out to make sure you get all the little metal nail numbers? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. 
Now, and, do you, you know, do you have the little, the little round shaped one or do you have the big, long bar shaped one? Big bar, yeah, bar shaped one. Bar shaped one. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah that's that a good one. Fun. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And how about you, Jennifer? Oh, there's so many things. <laughs> <laughs> so many things I have around the barn that aren't made for barn use. One of the more recent ones that I discovered uh, that uh, Gail, who takes care, Gail and her husband, John, who take care of Scooter and Nigel, she has a, one of those, you see them using them in restaurants. It's the little, it's not little, it's a, dustpan on a big long handle and the dustpan is trying to kind of shaped like a bucket on a hinge so that when you set it down on the ground it's flat and you can sweep the stuff in and then when you pick it up it folds up so all the dirt falls into the bottom of the bucket you always see the, yeah. the, the restaurant employees zipping around sweeping up little bits of food underneath oh, things. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah that is really handy and if you pair it with the little tiny rake that you can buy at gardening stores the little it's a little it looks like a leaf rake, except it's tiny. The head is only maybe six inches. If you pair it with one of those, it's fantastic for cleaning up messes in dirt aisleways or in turf. Because other, otherwise, you have to carry oh. a muck basket and a fork. Yeah. Pain in the butt. And this way, all you have is this little handily thing and a little tiny rake. And it has a thing that holds them together. You zip, 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 zip in and in there and lift it up and off you go. You don't have to have a separate container. That's that's my new favorite tool. Oh, yes, that's for sure. <laughs> so duct tape plus mm -hmm. pooper scooper plus mm -hmm. plus magnet magnets. There we go. Magnet. And now onward to the headline of the day. This is going to be a fun discussion, Tigger. Yes, it is. Uh, I found this really interesting article. It came out. Uh, October 2021. Uh, it's a study. Um, ancient DNA reveals the long-sought homeland of modern horses. Which that piqued my interest. Um, well, we, we All this uh, time, I thought we knew that, but apparently not. <laughs> no, we didn't. So, according to the article, and I, I quote, about 4,200 years ago, a few herders on the Western Eurasian steppe, got a brand new mount. They were experienced at herding wild horses for food, but their new steeds had a calmer disposition and a stronger back, making the horses easier to train and ride, perhaps for the first time. The new model galloped across Eurasia within a few centuries, triggering major shifts in Bronze Age human cultures. Quote, once we domesticated this new kind of horse, suddenly they were everywhere, end quote, says molecular archaeologist Ludovic Orlando of the French National Research Agency. Orlando is a lead author of a landmark study that pinpoints where the new horse first appeared and how it replaced earlier equids to become the ancestor of modern horses from Shetland ponies to massive Clydesdales and sleek thoroughbreds. He and a giant inter interdisciplinary team analyzed 300 ancient horse genomes from 121 archaeological sites in Eurasia. In a paper in this week's issue of Nature, 
they conclude that the ancestor of all modern horses made its first appearance 4,200 years ago in the Western Eurasian steppe. Quote, they have found the original homeland of modern horses, says molecular archaeologist Christina Warner of Harvard University. The first evidence of horse domestication comes earlier from Kazakhstan, where herders of the Botai culture corralled mares for meat and milk perhaps 5,500 years ago. When Orlando and colleagues tested ancient DNA from the Botai horses, they got a surprise. The horses were not the forerunners of modern horses. Instead, they were the ancestors of today's Promwalski horses, the endangered wild horses found only in Mongolia that escaped domestication long ago. This put geneticists back at the starting gate in their quest to find the ancestor of modern horses, which they called Dome 2 for second domestication horse, although they can't be sure whether the genetic change happened in wild or previously domesticated horses. We asked, where were they? The where was huge because it was all of Eurasia. He traveled from Kazakhstan to Siberia and Mongolia to gather every sample he could get of bone from horses that lived 10,000 to to 2,000 years ago. The equus that lived more than 4,200 years ago showed a rich genetic diversity. The horses living in Anatolia, Europe, Central Asia, and Siberia used to be genetically quite different. But starting about 4,200 years ago, that diversity began to disappear. The genetic profile of one type of horse closely related to modern horses began to spread rapidly across Eurasia, replacing the others. By 4,000 years ago, the new horse dominated a region from central Anatolia to central Russia, where people of the Sintashta culture buried horses with the earliest spoked wheels and chariots in mounds called kurgans. To learn what was so special about this new horse, researchers sought gene variants present in all Dome 2 horses, but not in earlier equids. The researchers suggest the new horse was calmer and less likely to have back problems, traits that would have made it easier to train and ride. So the early cousins come from the lower Volga and Don rivers in the northern Caucasus, which is now southern Russia. and then moved from the dry open steppe out into Europe. What I think is really interesting about this is the first domestication, the round one, are no, yeah, are different. They're Przewalski's horses because I always assumed Przewalski's horse. And I yes, think most of us did. Were the the ancestors, ancestors of, of the modern, modern horse. horse? When in fact, they're cousins. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not. They're, they're not. Because then we have the two different versions of Dom 2. We have the early yes. ones and then the later ones. So the early ones were still genetically diverse. And then that diversity started to narrow and narrow and narrow. And we don't. I don't know that we have enough data to say that it narrowed that much simply because of human intervention or if there were other uh, other things at play that like caused environmental. That. Yeah. Right, environmental conditions that that cause that narrowing. That's interesting because archaeologists now do a lot of work with um, what the climatic conditions and the living conditions and the soil conditions were like at any given period. So it'll be interesting 
if they're able to get more data about these specific time periods in these specific places, if they can say, oh, well, as the genetic diversity narrowed, we can also relate that to a change an ice age an ice age a change in living conditions the hmm. the, yeah. the land was less fertile or it was a drier yeah. or there was more trees there because they can analyze soil samples now and and look at a lot of that kind of stuff how interesting is that pretty much yeah, it's and i think what's amazing is the guy going around getting bones from you know ten thousand years ago to examine the dna i mean i, I Imagine what that must have been like for this researcher to go around and find all these old bones. Oh, that must it's be not crazy. like you just open a drawer and say, hey, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> and then to isolate the genes. Yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of legwork on this thing. When did they does it does it say when they got started on this whole thing? Because this sounds like it took about 10 years. No, they the article doesn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a 10-year-long project to get that much data. At least. Yeah, stuff yeah. takes forever. It's not like TV but where I, they, they, get the, they get the DNA I, sample from the crime scene and, and they, they arrest the guy five an minutes hour later. later. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. How interesting is but that? It, so there we go. It was so interesting about the the te- the temperament of the horses, the, the dom twos, oh, yeah. and the backs. Yeah, they nailed that Very down to um, specific genes within the genome that they've been able to associate yep. those traits, comparing the same gene sequences in humans and horses. They can they can make the assumption that those genes do the same thing a horse as they would a a human. So yeah, genetics had something to do with domesticating horses. There we go. Yep. So now now I'm curious. Quiz question, and if you know the answer to this question, go on. Uh, Send it to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com because I want to know. Are zebras more closely related, closely related to the Przewalski's Dom One yes. or yes, the Dom Two? Sure. I would say for sure. I would I would guess that, but I want to know now. <laughs> One of you science people out there, Google that for me and find out. There we go. Well, that was interesting stuff. And I think, speaking of interesting and di- genetic diversity, I think we need to have a little chat with our favorite. Our host, resident Pomeranian. Our resident Pomeranian. <laughs> Eddie! Hello, hello! <laughs> How are you? It's been so long. I have so much to say. I, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> that was my sister. She's chiming in. <laughs> Stepping on my lines. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hedwig, it, yes. I, get to, I get to ask the question of the day today. I'm the lucky one. You are lucky. I am so lucky. Well, you have you have siblings. How many siblings do you have currently, Hedwig? Right now in our home with us, I have four siblings. And then my one sort of sibling lives with his mom during the week. Oh, so you have a part-time sibling. You have a bonus sibling. Okay. He's a little bit of a jerk, though, so we try not to mention him much. I see. I see. (laughs) 
I see. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear though that you have siblings because it's important for Pomeranians and other dogs to have siblings. Yes. We and, are pet animals. Yes. Here at um Healthy Critters Radio, we've been talking a lot about puppies lately. Thank you, Tigger. <laughs> puppies. Puppies. So I thought I, I would ask you, Hedwig, weigh in on puppies. What do you think about puppies? Puppies are good, puppies are bad. Um, tell me about how you feel about puppies. Well, as you know, I came from a puppy mill, so it's a bit of a sore subject. Oh, that should just make it all that much more entertaining to hear your take on it. <laughs> I mean, I suppose we were all puppies once, but there's no need to discuss or celebrate that stupid period of our lives, nor should any female dog be turned into a puppy mill mama, nor should any male dog be a, quote, puppy mill stud dog. That's disgusting. So I did not like that part of my life at all. As puppies themselves go, one of our siblings was adopted when she was really just a puppy. Her name is Peas Blossom. And she was a white fluffy dog who came with our sister Mustard Seed, who also died. And Mustard Seed was much smaller than the white floof monster, but she stood in front of her to protect her. And that's biology for you right there, right? Because you think that puppies are annoying little monsters and you wouldn't mind if they were taken up by a human and whatever. But then you realize in the moment you're standing in front of them to protect them. And so really whatever I say here is only ever going to be overwritten by my biologic drive to protect the spawn. Do you enjoy being around puppies or would you really just assume puppies don't come to visit you? Well, I mean, if we're asking specifically about Tigger's puppies, no more, please. Those are not puppies. They're alligators with paws and they think I'm a chipmunk. I don't like them at all. They're very rude. Very, very rude. If you mean Pomeranian puppies, which are some of the cutest things in the history of the world ever, but are essentially tribbles or tiny gremlins and must not be fed or given water, then I would also suggest you keep them away from me until they're a normal age. Because really, nothing should be that small or that badly behaved. Well, that's why they have to be that cute. In order to be that badly behaved, they have to be that cute. It kind of goes together. That's how they survive. It's true, because otherwise they would be cast out of moving vehicles at high speed. Trust me, they're nasty little bitey. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm guessing that you feel the same way about cats and kittens. Oh, no, kittens are funny. I love a kitten. (laughs) They're like little chaos goblins. You have to love a kitten. You put two kittens in a room, you walk away, and for the next 45 minutes, all you hear are things falling to the ground. It's so funny. (laughs) I love kittens. They're every chaotic impulse I have ever had in a tiny sea line package with thaws. (laughs) <laughs> I love them. Well, I'm I'm going to I'm going to wrap the conversation up with that because it's so <laughs> it's so unusual for us to find out that you love something that's not cheese or bacon. Thank you for spending a little time with us this evening, Hedwig. I also we miss you, Hedy. Bye bye. Bye bye. There we go. She loves kittens. Hedwig loves kittens. Not who knew? I would have guessed. 
No. Who who knew? Not at all what I would have guessed. There we go. Oh my. Whew. I think it's time for us to hear about uh, our tigger, our breed of the show. What is it today? It's a red tail hawk. The red tail hawk. This is a magnificent-looking creature, and is described the jack of all trades. They're beautiful, rich brown, and pale below with a streak on the wing and on the underside, a darker bar between the shoulders. The red-tailed hawk is one of the largest open habitat raptors in North America, and it has a chunky body with broad wings and a tail that often is spread well in flight. They're uh, often characterized by their variability and versatility. They variability. I didn't say that right. How do you say that? Variability. For, you, you get they're versatile. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like I don't know how to say that. Um, um, they exhibit remarkable diversity in their habitat when when hunting. The red tail red tail hawk is adapted to human landscapes with isolated trees or small woods or lots that provide nesting sites and elevated perches for hunting. The number has increased in North North America in the last recent recent years. And I don't know if you guys know, I see it all the time here, but you'll often see them like in open spaces to highways. Um, red, red tail hawks often mate for life. The pair will make a stick nest in the tree high above the ground, and they will use this nest year after year so it grows bigger and bigger. During the breeding season, storing flight plays a major role in helping individuals individualize established nesting territories and locate intruders. And, and it also has a part to do with their aerial courtship, which usually happens in late winter, winter early spring. This includes a uh, wide circle at high altitudes, and the males often engage in steep d- d- dives. Males typically fly above and slightly behind a female while courting, and sometimes t- two males will interlock, interlock their talons and spiral to the ground. Red tails have a total number of one to five eggs, and the eggs are white with brown spots. Both parents take a role in sitting on the eggs, but it's mainly done by the female. The incubation period is anywhere from 28 to 35 days. After the eggs hatch, the female care for the nestlings for up to um, 30 to 35 days. The male will continue to provide most of the food. Even though the male will bring most of the food, only the female will feed the babies. Some individual or some chicks will end up staying with their parents up to six months, which I thought that was interesting. Red tail hawks generally are predators and typically prey on small to medium sized reptiles, birds, and mammals. They can even get up something, get up, get prey on something up to the size of a jackrabbit. They concentrate most of their hunting efforts on what is abundant and easily caught. Because of this, the red tailed diet does differ among regions across seasons and uh, among different individuals. Although you'll see red tra- red tail hawks soaring commonly, they primarily perch their perch hunters and frequently hunt from don't don't hunt from the sky but hunt from like a perched, you know, up on a tree. They re- they evaluate from where they where they're sitting on their perch and their prey whether their prey is suitable for hunting. The red tail hawk is one of 26 North American raptors that are considered partial migrants. The partial migrator, that means that they, um, some will migrate and others will not. 
many of these, um, many of the red cells living in northern part of Canada, or excuse me, southern Canada and northern United States will obviously migrate south because of the severe winters. In the southern United States and Central America, most of these birds are non-migratory. Food store stays plenty in the winter um, is not so bad. So the, I think the coolest thing, and I figure if you've got some of them, the most wonderful thing to do is listen to their screech. So I, w- I wish uh-huh. we could have played it because everybody would recognize it. But if, have you ever, Tigger, had the opportunity to see them mating, like to go through the mating? No. The mating process. It's, it, it, that is definitely worth looking up on YouTube because it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating. It's amazing what they do and, and just, you know, just the nature of it and just how cool they are. Um, how long I do they live? A- well, that, you know, it's funny. I, I saw something and I, it could not be right. And then I, I didn't go back down that rabbit hole. I saw something around 25 years. I don't think that, can wow. be that just doesn't seem, I, I don't, I don't know if that was like in captivity. Um, I, I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to look that up real, real quick. Yeah. That seems like a very long time for a. Yeah. And I think it was something that was in captivity. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, excuse me. We have a lot of red tailed hawks here in central Florida. We see them a lot. And it is fun to listen to them. And in the yes. in the late in the yeah. late spring and early summer, when the fledglings are out and about, it's fun because they're out there flying about, and the the parents and the kids scream back and forth at each other. I guess they're tr- teaching them yeah. or something. And it's just fun to listen to because you can tell where they are. And oh, then when the, and you know, yeah, so recognizable. They're very recognizable, and the you can. It's almost like. Okay, kid, come on, hurry up, get up here, get up here, get up here. Okay, that's good. <laughs> you can almost hear the conversation. <laughs> so, okay, I looked it up, and they say up to twenty years, and the oldest one they on in record is thirty years and eight months. Wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah, I, yeah, and um, well, oddly enough, the bald eagle just showed up, and they said that said twenty to thirty years, which I don't think I remembered that, hmm. but kind of interesting. Yeah. There you go. So there, there you, you go. go. And now we're at Critter Nutrition, and the topic is collagen for canine gut health. The most common health challenges dog owners tell us about are the GI tract issues in their dogs. These issues include sensitive stomachs, diarrhea, constipation, leaky gut, inflammatory bowel disease, autoimmune problems, and food allergies. The ancient Greek physician Hippocrates proclaimed that all disease begins in the gut. At Biostar, we know that this means good health begins in the gut. With better gut health in mind, Biostar now introduces integral canine a newly formulated supplement for dogs that recognizes the important role collagen plays in healthy canine GI tract function. Collagen, together with elastin fibronectins, form a complex network of proteins called the extracellular matrix, known as the ECM. The ECM is a scaffold for cells that is present in all tissues and organs. It is essential for many physiological actions, including adhesion, 
migration, proliferation, and homeostasis. In addition to providing cells with structural support and a selective barrier to the external environment, the ECM holds water, ensuring hydration of tissues, and interacts with cells by modulating phenotypes and functions. The ECM and the GI tract. Collagen and other proteins play a critical role in the GI tract and the ECM. ECM remodeling regulates cell differentiation and is an essential process in tissue homeostasis. Recent studies have shown that a disturbance in this regulation is the cornerstone of several gut disorders. In cases such as IBD, degradation of the ECM contributes to an imbalanced inflammatory response in the gut. Types of collagen. Collagen can be found in two forms, as intact native collagen or as denatured collagen, also known as hydrolyzed collagen or collagen peptides. Biostar uses native eggshell membrane collagen because this collagen in its biologically active form is produced with water and mechanical presses in Spain, no chemical processing. Since the body recognizes native collagen as an endogenous substance, this form of collagen requires a lower dose for efficacy. After studying various forms of collagen, we have found that eggshell membrane collagen is a superior source of collagen for dogs and horses. Collagen peptides, also known as hydrolyzed collagen, are the, is the denatured collagen. It's denatured by enzymatic or chemical hydrolysis, broken down into smaller molecules, and then sterilizing them. Collagen peptides require a higher dose for efficacy. For example, native collagen dosing for dogs is 250 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams per day. Collagen peptides dosing for dogs, 1,000 to 20,000 milligrams per day. A 2017 study published in Nature showed that eggshell membrane powder has the potential to assist in intestinal health and microbial balance. Researchers found that eggshell membrane powder decreased the numbers of pathogenic bacteria in the gut and and increased the diversity of beneficial bacteria. The eggshell membrane reduced the severity of colitis, including improvement in the mitochondrial dysfunction. Our eggshell membrane collagen provides type 1, type 5, and type 10 collagen, plus fibronectin, chondroitin sulfate, glucosamine, hyaluronic acid, elastin, and keratin. Remember that collagen, elastin, keratin, fibronectin, and the GAGs are essential for the integrity of the ECM, and the ECM is essential for tissue homeostasis. The GI tract is not a static environment. It is constantly adjusting to internal and external forces and is in constant communication with the brain, the central nervous system, and the adrenal glands. 
The dynamics of the GI tract must be respected when it comes to food and supplementation. What we feed our dogs is not simply nutrition. Every food, treat, and supplement will impact the GI tract, the brain, the central nervous system, and the adrenals. Restoring balance to an imbalanced system is only achieved over time. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why BioStar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. BioStar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The BioStar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BioStarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BioStarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. What, what's our coffee clutch, Tigger? If your dog or horse or cat could pick their own Halloween costume, what would it be? You don't decorate for Halloween, but do you put outfits on your pets? Uh, well, not normally, but my my employees love Halloween, so they have a Halloween costume contest. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, um, so when if Halloween falls on a weekday. Then on Halloween day, I'll come in with at least one dog with something silly on, like a T-shirt. Okay. But that's the extent of Halloween costumes. (laughs) So tell us, which one of your dogs is going to choose a costume this year, and what's it going to be? Kenobi is going as one of the mutant turtles. He's six (laughs) months old. That's the appropriate age. And he's He's a tween. Yes, and he's killed two squirrels. In his young life. And the first one he killed, he was running around the yard. And I thought it was one of his stuffed toys. It was just shaking. You know how puppies just violently start shaking their stuffed toys. And then as I got closer, I realized that's no stuffed toy. That's a squirrel. Oops. Um, Anyway, so Mutant Ninja Turtle for him. And... Uh, Keen is leaning towards a sort of a James Bond tuxedo. Um, oh, you know, look sophisticated. Yes, uh-huh. yes. and and um, Mr. Schmoo has decided to just go as a refrigerator <laughs> since he's the size of one. You can just you can just <laughs> hang a sign around his neck that says Norge. Exactly. Uh, yes. Or as an orca, because he's as big as one of those too. There you go. And he's black and white. So oh, that's he, he hasn't made up his mind yet. How about you, Patty? Well, I um I <laughs> I would I have two Lusitanos and one is a uh two year old and um as as a breed, Lusitanos are very, very, very brave. And Ron is a two-year-old 
who would go as kind of like a 13 year old nerdy boy that's over like overly friendly cross with Thor. So he would, he would be like Thor, but he'd be like, Oh my gosh, how are you doing? Oh my God. And then all of a sudden like flex his muscles. And then he'd be like, Oh my gosh, you want to go get candy together? Let's go over here. Like he's just like a real <laughs> pussy body and kind of a nerd, but he's incredibly brave. So um, that's what he would be. Um, and then Ocho, my older one, <laughs> um, would go as Zorro, but he'd go as Antonio Bandera Zorro because he's very handsome and very full of himself, but he's sometimes just kind of a dork. Like he, like he, he could be like, you know, did you, I'm sure Tigger, I know you've watched that movie. The Zorro with Antonio Banderas. A thousand times. Of course. So just imagine. I made a freestyle for Jim to that music. Oh yes. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. So anyway, that's who he would be because he's just sort of suave and handsome. And then all of a sudden he trips. Like he'll just like do something so stupid. So that's who who he would go as. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, How you, Jennifer? I need to think about this for a little bit. Nigel and Scooter this year are going to go with a Toy Story theme. And mm-hmm. Nigel is going to be Woody. And I guess. <laughs> Can you guess? You can guess. <laughs> yeah. Nigel will be Woody and he's going to be Woody because he doesn't have enough imagination. He's just going to wear the hat and the little scarf. That's as far as the costume will go. Because after that, he's like, that's all he's got. Well, he should wear a cowboy hat. Yes, he'll be Woody. Yeah, he has Woody's cowboy hat and Woody's scarf, but he's not going to be able to get to the point of having the the shirt. That's going to be too much. And Scooter is going to be one of the three eyed aliens. No, 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 no. He's not that heroic. That's not Scooter's style. He's going to, he needs to be a three eyed alien so he can just ask for food. And that's all he's going to do. He's going to be one of the little green three eyed aliens. And uh, he's just going to ask for food again and again and again. again. Put it in my (laughs) staff. Well, if if you uh, if this has stimulated your imagination, share it with us on <laughs> Healthy Critters Radio Facebook page, or send us a postcard. Biostar US, One Cleveland Street, Gordonsville, Virginia two two nine four two. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. For details about today's show, go to healthycrittersradio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs)